Okay, hello everyone. Welcome. <laughs> so whatever you've been doing, keep doing it because the weather has been looking very nice lately. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, did you have a homework? Did you have homework from last time? Of course, nobody remembers. <laughs> I was absent. You were absent. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be helped. <laughs> <laughs> my class from a friend. My classmates didn't bring me. And I was sick. Okay. <laughs> the dog ate your homework. Maybe it's time. I don't remember that. I remember having anything. No, there was no homework. <laughs> Okay, so wh what are we talking about? <laughs> We're talking about apathy. Apathy. In what context? Um, that uh, you want to remove desire and anger. So you think, okay, I, I want to stop myself from getting angry and having desire. So I'll just like remove those emotions. Uh, mm. And actually, the question you asked is, has anyone ever heard that um, the idea that uh, it's actually the wanting to be happy, which is the real problem? Mm -hmm. Because um, uh, uh, and that if you um, can have, um, it's actually the pursuit of happiness itself that is uh, 
cause of our suffering. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I was kind of surprised that uh, most of you, if not all of you, said that you, you haven't heard that. That that has been proposed as well. This is what Buddhism is about. Buddhism says that the, it's the very pursuit of happiness that is the cause of, of suffering. So you should stop wanting to be happy. And no one has ever heard that. Well, I'm, I have to say you're very lucky that this wrong teaching didn't reach you. No, but yeah, but I said last time, you know, mm-hmm. I came up, I got this, I because I am doing that. Ah, but where did you get that from? Uh, I, that's where I said last time. I, I'm not sure. Remember mm. exactly how? I think what happened was I heard the word non-attachment, mm. and then I made up my oh, like I. Non-enjoyment. Yeah, I know. I know what that means. That means this, and mm. I came up with my own thing of. Um, well, what what seems to have been your desire own Desire is bad. <laughs> so when these emotions of desire or mm. and anger is bad, so when I'm starting to get angry, I gotta like shut that down, mm. and then it becomes like a battle with the other person. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to let this person get me angry. Mm-hmm. And then when they do, then I'm, you know, I'm like, it's like a fight with this other person. Like, I got to, like, to win the fight is to not let myself get angry with them. Why, 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 why do you call that a fight with the other person? What is, the, uh, what, what is happening in this fight with this other person? This person's uh, saying a lot of stuff that I don't want to hear uh-huh. and doing a lot of stuff that I would want to hear. And doing things that seem to be preventing me from, like, like I want to progress on my spiritual path. I want to get toward this goal. Uh-huh. And it seems like this person is just, like, standing right in the way. Uh-huh. And what are you doing? And I'm trying not to get angry. And I think, all right, I'll be patient and like that. So trying to not let yourself get angry, you right. call that, that's the fighting with the other person? Yeah, fight, fighting with myself, mm. uh, really, to not let myself get angry. Mm. Actually, that, that, that's not a, a bad approach, or that's, should I say, that's not a, a, a bad way of trying to not, it's the habit. Uh, the tendency to be angry, the tendency to see something and then have desire come up, it's a habit. And, and you have to have several approaches to, to stop it from happening. And the, the, the most important thing, or the, which is the foundation of why you need to stop it is to understand why you need why you shouldn't allow that emotion to take over until you have that conviction as to i know why i shouldn't have that emotion in my mind and you and you you have a understanding that is uh, based on conviction not necessarily because you shouldn't you shouldn't be angry because the buddha said you shouldn't be angry or you shouldn't be angry because it's written in the sutras that you shouldn't be angry but on top of that you also, are, you, you also were brought to the level of conviction. Ah, I see that if I, if, anger is, if I allow anger in my mind, it will bring me something that I don't want. And you're convinced about that relationship, having anger and having a result that you don't want. Until you establish that conviction, that there is a relationship. And it doesn't matter if a thousand Buddhas come into you and, and say it in your own ears. That, 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 that will not get you to stop. Yeah, I've you, been struggling with that. Uh, the, convic- that, that, the, the conviction that, that, of those yeah. yeah so you have to that you have to study your own mind what happens to you when you're angry in that in in the anger in the state of being angry itself is there a, is there a state that you find to be uh, desirable and look at your look at also look at the the length the I say the length of your life 
Look at the length of your life. Are you in a place where, that you want to be? If you're not in a place that you want to be, then look at the things which are habitual. Maybe those habitual things are somewhat responsible for the state in which you, in which you find yourself. If, if, if you find that your life, uh, there's a lot of things in your life that is not desirable, I'm, I'm going to throw this just as a, something to throw out. And you say, well, I'm a good person. Then it's being a good person that's brought me this misery. And you hear that, you hear that a lot, right? <coughs> yeah. Uh, when you uh, look at me, my life is miserable now. I have nothing to show for it. And I was good all this time. So I'm going to stop being good. So whoever I see you know, gets in my way, I'm going to make sure I get that, give that person a one, two. Right? So, and th- that person didn't have a real uh, reflection. Uh, I would say a real objective reflection about the, uh, on, on their life. They look at certain situations where they were trying to get something and they were being, in their mind, good, behaving in a good way. And the immediate result wasn't something that they wanted, so they associated being good was, got, what, uh, was the cause of this immediate bad result that I have. So being good is no good. <laughs> so really they're wrong on two counts, not yeah. only what was their immediate behavior, not necessarily the cause of the immediate result, mm-hmm. but they weren't as good, they weren't good either because their motivation was the result mm-hmm. rather than the... Mm-hmm. And, and uh, that, that would bring something also. Now we have to be realistic about this and we have to, be, we have, to have a lot of common sense. If you're not realistic, if you don't have any common sense, you're not going not gonna to get anywhere on the path. You can be uh, what is called a uh, uh, religious person, you know, religious person. And, and that's, all, that's all you accomplish is, having that title. But as far as the religion's purpose, you never really fulfill it. But you have that goal of being called a religious person. Okay? If you just do things just because you hear it and you and you and you and you feel compelled to do it because you know you that's what they say that's what is expected of you so if you're being good because it is expected of you then without really having some sort of fundamental understanding as to what is connected with be, why are you why you should be why is this behavior that let, let's not just uh, even throw out that very vague thing be good but what is being good what is not being good Unless you have a, a, a real appreciation, of, a, a real conviction, a reasonable conviction as to why this behavior is good. And let me ask you this question then. What, what makes a behavior good? What makes a behavior good? The same thing that makes anything anything. Your own uh, assignment of value to it. Construction. So when when the when the person says, "Okay, I need that watch because I want it," mm-hmm. and then the, and he goes out and says, "Give me your watch," and the person say, uh, "I want. I'm not giving it to you." And he say, "Wait a minute. Since I want the watch, it's good for me to kill you." And the person kills. So is that a good act? In in my view or in his. In, 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 in general view. <laughs> I think that... Okay, in, in his mind, is it good? 
I mean, I, I'll start I, with that. Okay, as my answer, although it's kind of convoluted, would be I think there are m- numerous uh, levels to his consciousness and perception, and so I think it would be possible for him on the surface to not experience any superficial remorse or regret and feel that his action was good mm-hmm. and still harbor in his mental continuum somewhere, perhaps somewhere that he wasn't immediately aware of, a mm-hmm. feeling that it was not good. Mm-hmm. So, w- what if there wasn't, let, let's say, that not even that was the present, somewhere deep within his unconscious mind that there was this, maybe it was a, a, a not a good uh, uh, act. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then in his mind would I say it was good if there was no reservation or no existence in his consciousness mm-hmm. of anything that suggested it wasn't. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it would be good? To him. It would be good to him. Yeah. So, what does it mean it's good to him? He doesn't harbor anything in his mental continuum that, sig- that will manifest it as bad. He doesn't harbor anything in his mind. When he said mental continuum? Mind. In his mind. Not his, not his, like, in his awareness. And that's not what you're talking about. You're talking about deeper than that. You're talking about yeah, in his, in everything. Whole mind. The whole mind. Yeah. There's not one thing in his mind. Not one that iota of any consciousness mm. or unconsciousness suggesting mm. that it's bad. That it's bad. Right. So therefore, it's good. Suggesting that it's bad. Uh, making it bad in his consciousness. Okay. Uh, uh, defining to him the possibility of a bad arising. From mm. Therefore, it is good. for such a person without a single manifestation of anything at, uh, about it as a bad arising, mm-hmm. it's possible for such a person to exist, which mm-hmm. is why I'm presenting the case mm-hmm. that I'm presenting like that is theoretically possible because of the definition of the nature of reality. But I would speculate that there are very, very, very few beings for whom there is not an iota of such a consciousness mm-hmm. even if it's outside of their primary awareness. Mm-hmm. So, so you, you, you're not necessarily saying that. So, wha- so we're trying to f- f- uh, determine what determines an act good. Mm, yeah. Is it the person doing it, thinking it is good, or something else? Okay, something to do with the result. So, if it, you should also say if it doesn't bring any harm to anyone. Okay, so... Or if it's done good, I mean, in other words, taking, killing somebody to take a watch obviously brings harm to somebody. So yeah. you've got to look at the result. It's not just an isolated mm-hmm. thing. Everything begins with a pebble in the water and mm-hmm. then the ripples. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the result. Yeah. Now the thing is, what <laughs> I mentioned is just how we behave. That's how we behave. That's how we act. It is good because I think it is good. Mm-hmm. That's what determines it. 
we don't we don't necessarily uh, ex uh, you know ex uh, do further uh, reasoning, further uh, analysis of determining what makes what I'm going to do good. The ideal would be something else, maybe. Ed, you want to say something? Well, um, yeah, I was going to say that it's desiring that which is worthy to be desired. That makes it good. Uh, because you can think all kinds of things that you want, that you desire, that you think is good, but ultimately when you get them, you find out, well, gee, that wasn't what I thought it was going to be. So there are things that exist that are worthy of being desired, which, like Janet said, you know, being kind to other people or, or being virtuous or uh, even making yourself, um, you know, a, a going on the path of trying to be a Buddhist or a Bodhisattva or something like that. And so those things, you know, when you look at, you sift through all the things you can desire, there's many, many things you desire, but then there's certain things that I think are worthy of desire, worthy of being desired. Mm -hmm. And so that makes those are the good things, are the things that are, that are worthy of you as you with, as a self, as a mind continuum, mm -hmm. uh, as progressing, there are certain things that if you if somebody could stop you for a moment and say, these are things that you can desire, you say, wow, I didn't even think about those things, but that, you know, those would make me happy. And also that it would make, you know, not yourself happy in the attachment thing of being attached to that happiness, but happy to the um, the fact that you were sort of contributing to well, again, that's the ideal. From the very from the from the moment we were we were being raised as a child, we were told you should want this, you should want that. Now that we are adults, are we wanting those things that we should be wanting? So just being given a list of the things that we should be wanting doesn't necessarily make us want them. No, I said things that are worthy of being desired. Yeah. You, you mentioned something about if we had a list of those things. Yeah, but I said worth not things that you want. No, worth yeah, things that are worth wanting, oh. things that are worth desiring. Yeah, but I was never, you know, I was told when I was growing up to want the things that make you look good to everybody else. You know, have a good job, good education. You know, you, you, they were never told it's good to love everybody. Oh, I guess we were. <laughs> but it, it was, it seemed rather. Not with as much conviction as you should have a nice car. Yeah. Not everybody, but get, your, but get a nice car. I once saw a quote that said, first become independently wealthy, then be virtuous. <laughs> Actually, that's probably uh, somebody was speaking what's in our thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'll get where I want to get, and then I'll be nice to and everybody. And I'll be nice to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that'll make me be able to be nice. My yeah. Happiness yeah. Be funny. Speaking of which, I, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I want to reverse my position. <laughs> 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 I've decided that it's not possible, or that it that doesn't work, what I said. Well, let her speak, because I cut her off, and then I'll say, well, well, I'm just cutting you off. But I was just going to say, are they really mutually exclusive to Yeah. No, yeah, no. Uh, what I'm throwing at here is 
I mean, I said uh, common sense, and what was the other thing I said? Religion. Oh, no. said not to be just religious, but you have to have common, common sense and realistic. And realistic. Yeah. Okay? Unless, unless those principles presented to us in our own mind seems to be common sense, we'll always be putting them off, no matter how noble they are. Unless they seem to relate to our reality, we'll always be putting them off. So when we have things in our mind that are ideals, Yes, there may be wonderful ideals. There may be things that you should actually be doing. But until they, become, until, they be, until, they have, until they are commonsensical to us, not just that they are probably common sense, but they are, in, they are ingrained in us as common sense in the same way that this cup of tea is hot. I shouldn't bring it to my lips right now. It will burn me. That's common sense. Until they have that degree of common sense to us, when it says love everybody, until that... Order, love everybody, is, makes as much common sense to us as this, this hot tea will burn my lip. We're not going to be loving everybody. Okay? Even though it's an ideal, we will say it, you know, love everybody, love everybody, until, until, it, until it's that degree of conviction or that degree of, of reality in our mind, it's just going to stay an ideal. So wisdom is important to make mm. an action. Yeah. The greater masses, and that's you know, um, the greater masses will benefit. You know, it, so it sort of it, it brings it back to the individual. It's not common sense unless it's common for everyone. No, what, 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 well, uh, first, I mean, the uh, uh, common sense. Are, are, you, are you throwing in the, the somewhat the, I, the story about the Buddha killing those people on the boat? No. We said kill these people; it would be good for the common good. Uh, no, I'm more the Republican view. <laughs> Triple down. Yeah. Supply side economics. Really? That's the Republican. If we get ours, then some people will get theirs later after they pick up the crumbs from the table. That's the Republican pool. Well, you know. yeah, Let's yeah. kill this evil. Let's go by, by, I've never uh, seen that on any of the posters. <laughs> you don't watch that's just the Republican Party material. It's usually like an elephant. They don't, they don't publish <laughs> that. But that's the actual... <laughs> no, go ahead. Make a point. You know, by uh, invading a country or mm -hmm. whatever, the common sense is that these <laughs> people will be protected. Mm -hmm. Right, I agree. This and, is good. you know, that's common, you know, that's their, their common sense. So it brings uh. it down to an individual instead of a... Oh, oh yeah. Oh. The, the belief that one result can bring about, the one cause can bring about an absolute opposite result, their common sense, you're saying, that you can actually fight for peace. And, well, that you can be violent and achieve nonviolence through it. More the idea that common sense, it, it's, not, it's not common to everybody. Oh yeah, I, yeah, so I see. So you're 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 going to try defining what is common sense. Yeah, that it's more individual than common. It yeah. One person's common sense is not the same. You know, it's not the same as the person mm. next. So to when you hear the term, when I threw out the word common sense, what what came into your mind? What everyone else agrees what? to be the, what everyone agrees upon, or what do you what, what do you say when I say common sense? You must have basic, common sense and basic understanding. Basic understanding. You know, like your tea is hot, that's sort of common mm. sense, but oh, okay. basic understanding. See, this is why I decided to reverse my mind. <laughs> <laughs> because the tea is hot, to me, mm. is more than just a common sense. Mm. Uh, to, or to me, it's, it is common sense, but the deepest 
common sense in the deepest aspect, which is the way reality functions. Uh, uh. And so by that I mean it would be possible not to have even the least consciousness or an iota of the sense that if you brought the hot tea to your lips it would burn you. But it wouldn't matter what your consciousness is or if you had no sense of it at all. Mm -hmm. If you bring that hot tea to your lips, it doesn't matter what does or doesn't exist in your mental continuum. It's going to burn. Yeah. If you, it doesn't matter if you don't believe in gravity whatsoever <laughs> and have no conviction in it and deny it even all the way down to your deepest subconscious. If you go up and step off the roof, you're going to fall. And so therefore, it doesn't matter if you harbor in your subconsciousness or anywhere in your mind continuum that it's wrong to kill this person for their watch, the experience will have certain results based on the functioning of reality that are beyond your belief in its rightness or wrongness or your consciousness about where it fits in. Mm. Yeah, but you've already bought into the fact that what makes something good is the result that it brings. Not good or bad, just that there will be a result. Mm. Yeah. And mm. so therefore... The question was thrown out, like, what makes something good? And we seem to be gravitating more toward... Well, what I'm saying is that the result will be consistent with the cause. Yeah, that's fine, but what if... The, what if what oh, if the... What, what, if what makes something good is that I think it's good. That's we. Okay, so you're suggesting that if the person killed this person for their watch, yeah, or yeah. if I brought the hot tea to my lips, that it could bring some result that I could perceive as positive. I didn't say that. Well, then that's what it would necessitate... Mm -hmm. Yeah, for the cause to be the same as the result. Like no, he he recanted the <laughs> that it's good because it's the person thinks it's good. Yeah, but I'm saying that we haven't we haven't established. I know you've said on many occasions, but make something good is the result. Mm -hmm. You know, if 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 it gets you what you want, mm -hmm. right? It's yeah. Good. Yeah. But the first thing that was is all right. So if, if I kill someone, and, but I think good is killing this person and getting the watch, mm -hmm. then if we still, if we haven't, you know, said 100% that what makes something good is the result you get from it, mm -hmm. then then that's still open the possibility. Mm -hmm. It's good because um, I say it's good. Mm -hmm. what well, well for, for the most part, what makes us... Uh, 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 mm, mm. <laughs> I don't know if I want to say that. <laughs> uh, mm, hesitant <laughs> about practicing the way we we believe that we should be practicing mm. is that somewhere, for the most part, we are we are thinking that it is good because, or, or let's say, we operate from the from the from the from the belief that it is good because I say it's good. We operate from that. We may, at an intellectual level, think sometimes thinks that it's not correct. But as far as what motive, what makes us act, it is the belief that it's good because I think it's, I say it's good. Mm, yeah. But going back to looking at your your, the, your life, look at you look at your life, look at the condition that you are, that you find yourself in, and you see that the condition in which you find yourself is not desirable, then you have to say. Then something is is the, is the cause of it. This is this is a result that I'm experiencing, and th this result must have a cause. And since I am the one who's experiencing who's experiencing this, as for 
uh, I can be the, the only, I would say, the only conviction I can have about this, ex- this undesirable conviction, uh, this undesirable result is that I am experiencing it. You cannot deny that you are experiencing this undesirable result. You don't know if other people are experiencing it, but you, you cannot be convinced about that. But you, have a, you cannot deny that you are experiencing this, this undesirable result. Since you are experiencing this undesirable result, and it is a result, then you may be connected with the cause that, that, that has brought about this result. So you're doing something that is bringing about this kind of result. So you have to start examining, okay, what are the things that I'm doing? And you look at your habitual tendencies. Maybe those things which are habitual, I have to... I have to uh, I have to change them. I have to stop doing those habitual things and maybe that will bring about a result, a different result. And you look at those things which are habitual in your mind. Like, for example, thinking that it's good because I say so. Maybe it's not good because I say so. Maybe there's something else. And you are convinced that there is good because you experience things in your life that you can say, oh, that's good. So there must be, this good result must have its proper this good result must have its proper cause. And since I'm not getting the result which is good, then my habit is not in the, in, 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 is not in the mode of gathering or collecting those causes which, are, which should bring about the good result. Okay. At least you, should must, you must arrive at this conviction first. Then you can start examining with the list that are, that are given to you. And you're told desire is, uh, is not good. You're told that anger is no good. But as far as you're concerned, desire is good. As far as you're concerned, anger is good. Why? I say so. Because you say so. Yeah. And, you, and you act out of that. And no one acts out of anger, no one acts out of desire because they think that they are hoping to get some bad result. We act out of desire, we act out of anger with the conviction that it will give us some good result. Okay? So this is our habitual tendencies. Okay? We act out of anger, we act out of desire, and we want what is good. Then, then that should make us pause. Wait a minute. Maybe desire doesn't bring good. Maybe anger doesn't bring good. Because these are part of my, habitual, these are part of my habits already. And I'm not getting the result that I want so far. So maybe it's something other than those things that will bring about good. And you have to bring that at a level of conviction. Then when you bring that level of the conviction, then you can start applying those ideas. Okay, what is the opposite of desire? What is the opposite of, of anger? Maybe we should start applying those things. Now, if you are at that level of conviction already, and this is where you have to be careful, before you start saying that uh, detachment and loving, these things will bring about good, you must bring, you must have that primary conviction that results have their proper causes. You must have that conviction. Unless you have that conviction, then you can be all mixed up about what, what, brings, about, what brings about results. You can, be, you can be, have a conviction in your mind, it's arbitrary. Okay? If you have it's arbitrary in your mind that, that uh, what uh, what is the relationship between causes and, and results, then you're never going to get anywhere that you want to get to. You must have the conviction. 
you must have your first faith must be in the faith of cause and, and results. Causes and results. And once you have that faith, then when you start applying those ideas of detachment and, and love, and you don't see the results yet, like you know, uh, it's good. Uh, it's good to be charitable. Then you give all your you give all your possession away, and you're waiting for the good that comes. Instead. What you experience, as far as the immediate experience, is that, oh, now wait a minute, I got nothing. <laughs> then, then you say, oh, it's arbitrary then. Because I just gave and now I'm poor. So the, the result of giving is poverty. And we are, that's what we are convinced of. We are convinced that's the result of giving. And because we are convinced that's the result of giving, we don't give or we give hesitantly. Or when we give, we give a little bit so we don't have the result of having missing too much. We only miss a little bit. But when you, have, when you operate from the level of conviction that results and causes, proper results, proper causes, then when we give, then we are, we, we, we are giving with the conviction that that giving will have its result. And we may not see it yet, but we, we are convinced that we will, we will meet it somewhere. In this life, in next life, we know we are going to get it. Okay. So, until you establish, first of all, how is desire, why should you let go of desire? Because the, the, the I would say, the promise of desire is what we want. Isn't it? Why do we desire something? Because we are convinced we will get what we want. And that what we want will be something good. That's why we hold on to desire. Because we be, that's, that's our conviction concerning desire. Until we, until we see that's not the case, we're not going to let go of desire. Because, remember, we are beings, and by definition, what are we? Pleasure seeker, pleasure seeker pain avoider. And we are convinced that that's what's going to give us pleasure. We're going to hold on to, the, to desire. And for uh, and whenever anger comes to, in our mind, what what does the emotion of anger promise us at that moment? Pleasure. You're going to get pleasure from this. You're going to get good from this. And and we are convinced of that, and we act out of that anger. So we have to to get to that level of conviction that it that's not the case. We just have to look at our lives. We've been desirous. We've been angry for a very long time, then we should have, we should have had the result already. So maybe those things are not, giving, are, not, are not giving us results, those results that they're promising us. And, 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 the, and the, the devious, the deviousness, the deviousness, the deviousness of those emotions is that they associate themselves with the good with, with the good things that we get. And, and because, they take credit for that and then because they take credit for that and we are convinced that they are connected with, oh, I'm not desiring the way I should be desiring. I should tweak the desire in a little bit because I know I got some good results from that. I desired the ice cream, I got the ice cream and I, and I had some good, I had some pleasure from that. So there is there is good result coming from desire. 
we, we make that association. And we have that conviction. And because of that conviction, we're not going to let go of desire. Um, unless we are convinced otherwise. And this conviction must come from your own, from you analyzing, really. And it must come from true, uh, truly analyzing desire. When I say truly analyzing, and, 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 and the common sense and the re- realistic base, I'm not talking about uh, convincing yourself by repeating it all the time. Ask yourself. Really ask yourself. Why should I get rid of desire? Really ask yourself that question. Why should I get rid of it? From the point of view of, you may even have to hold on to it tighter. Okay? Don't start, don't, start, don't start thinking that I should get rid of desire. Okay, let me start. Start with, what is desire really giving me? Is it really giving me what I want? And then be realistic about it. Okay. Otherwise, you're going to be tr- uh, struggling with desire until, until, you, until you're dead. After the dead, and then and then you'll be struggling with it again and again until you're dead, until you're uh, again, until you're dead, until you're again. Okay. So. Uh, Fall number truth. <laughs> the first truth is life is suffering. Life is a strife. Life is a strife. <laughs> life is <laughs> Stress. Oh, another cute one I read last uh, recently. Life is. Oh, I forgot. Well, unsatisfactory. Well, that one's been around for a while. <laughs> so life is unsatisfactory. And this condition of unsatisfactory must have a cause. So that's the second truth. Okay, the truth of the cause of suffering. And this is where we were. That's why we got into desire. That's how we got into anger. Until you establish that is truly the cause of this unsatisfactory condition that you're experiencing, forget about the third one. Forget about experiencing the third one. We believe that the third one is possible. We believe it. Otherwise, we wouldn't act. But we believe that the cessation of my condition of dissatisfaction is to hold on to desire. We believe that it is holding on to anger. When a, condition, when a situation comes for you to be angry, you have to be angry. That will get you the good result that you want. We believe that. And that will bring about the cessation of whatever anger is asking you, promising you that it will, it will stop. And I have a question that's kind of what you said. Mm. Um, isn't some desire good, like desire for self-accomplishment or desire to do better things? Is that my misunderstanding? Yeah, uh, well, there's, uh, I have to say there's one good way of, of uh, one good uh, uh, rendition of that term is one is called stupid desire <laughs> and one is called, uh, I guess, uh, smart desire, smart desire. You want that. When 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 you see, okay, this is the result, and 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 this is the cause of it, and that result is really good. Then desiring that cause, then that's smart desire. 
Okay. When you when you when you want this result, and yet and yet the cause for it. Let me step. You when you want uh, this result, and you believe this is the cause for it, and yet this cause really bring about this result, which is not wanted, and you and you want that desire, and you and you want desire that cause, then you have stupid desire, because the, what you're desiring is not in line with what you really want. Okay. So that's stupid. So you can you can say there is desires that we should cultivate, and there are desires that we should not cultivate. But the, I think what you're saying, though, for us to think about and what for us to consider is what are the desires that are fueling, fueling our day? Mm-hmm. Because what we're having conviction about is that those desires are bringing us happiness. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we keep doing them. Mm-hmm. And we're not quite as convinced that the smart desires are really going to do the thing that brings us yeah. happiness. Yeah. And also last time we mentioned something that there's something that is very difficult for us to separate. Non- Remember? Non-attachment and desire. Uh-huh. Right? Like, um, yeah, like non-desire and non-attachment. Mm. Right? We talked about yeah. that last time. You don't remember that? Well, yeah. Like it's, it's 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 difficult for us to separate those two things. Like when you're asked to be not to be attached, it seems like you're asked not to love. Okay. Mm. And also uh, the, the other uh, another thing that is very difficult for us to to separate is the emotion of desire and the object of that emo- of that emotion. It's very difficult for us to separate those two. Okay. So. Where do we go wrong? Is it in the emotion part, or is it in the in the uh, the object part? The perception of the object. It doesn't say house. It says desire. 
So what what you have to sort of un- but as far as we are concerned, can we can we can we do we experience one without the other? The emotion of desire and the object of that desire. Do we experience them separately? Very rarely. I say never. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, okay. I'll, I'll tell you why. Mostly is that that it seems like they're just right together, right? Mm-hmm. There's the thing and the desire is there, right? And if I get this thing, then something good will happen. But sometimes I find myself just no, not even. I'm sorry, not even ju- that. Just I want. Right, but I want. Then there's there's just I want. I I know I want something, but there's no object there. It's just I want something. And yeah, right. I, I want, th- I want, and you don't know what it is, and then you go looking around, it's like, well, I I used to listen to these CDs, and it would make me, oh, try that again, it didn't work, but I I sometimes it's just like, you don't have an object, exactly. I still say that's an object. The lack of an object? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would <laughs> absolutely say that I want something other than this that I've already tried, and that is enough, even if it's not a concrete thing that you can use your senses to isolate, it's still enough to make the desire and so therefore it, it exists as an object. Like, I want <coughs> not this stuff. Not even that, just wanting. I don't think you can want without saying I want something and this is what it would be like and this is how it would make me feel. Okay. That's not my experience. Uh, I, I, I'm going to formulate this question as I go, but I'm trying to pull the threads together. We began this conversation asking what makes a behavior good. Uh-huh. And then um, all of this was spun out as a result of that question. Mm-hmm. You know, we, when I said, well, it, the result will let you know if, if the behavior was good. And mm-hmm. you said that that's idealistic. So we're coming back to... Oh, no, I, uh, sorry. I wasn't putting specifically to that that was idealistic. Oh. Yeah. Well, well, so how do we know if we, well then, is there some point that, like to me, it seems when we look at the results, I know there's attachment where we look at our perceptions and we use wisdom to, to see mm-hmm. that it is in, inherent, that it is inherent, all that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, the wisdom and perceptions <laughs> and all of that being in order, then all of our actions should just automatically fall into place as being good if we're seeing things mm-hmm. as they really are. So it makes something good. Because I'm assuming that all of this comes from that question. So what makes something good? Well, you brought other things into it. That was good. But I just, at first we came up with the object and the person, you know, articulating behavior to get it. But you said things like motivation, which has to factor into whether or not I was saying things like, well, we would know what the result, if we can see what the result might be of our action and then look at that, then... Right, but we would have to know about it. But if you kill somebody, then you can get that watch. You know you'll have that watch. You go through where you killed somebody, and that person has people that love them, and those people are going to be sad, so you would know that. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Unless you're one of those people that are born, like there are people who are born, you're talking about the hot tea, there are people who are born who cannot feel pain. Mm -hmm. So they will drink that hot tea, we will see that they have been burned, but Mm -hmm. they won't feel that they've been burned, Mm -hmm. but they still were burned. Mm -hmm. They won't feel it, so there's that awareness component too. Mm -hmm. So, what makes an action good? Do you have the answer for what makes an action good? I want to tell about experience I had yesterday. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just to bring it into because I, I was sitting on my porch on my little swing, falling into an old habitual pattern of feeling sorry for myself. However, I won the task and I had enough, you know. I had an inkling that this is not the road to take right now to fall into that old habitual habit. So I started to look at, you know, what good was that going to do me? And it wasn't going to do me good. It never does me good. You know, it just, and then it builds, it gets bigger and bigger, and I get more and more depressed. And I said, no, stop. You've got to stop it right now. You've just got to stop it. And then I started to, like, you know, think about it in a new way. You know, what was making me feel in this way? And do I want to be in that place? And no, I don't want to be. You know, so I was like thinking that, and then it all went away. So uh-huh. that was good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's what I was going to say. So, what makes an action good? What makes an action good? <laughs> I think what you're saying, I think if you, if you can, if it's not, if it, if it makes you feel good, and it's not hurting anyone else, Very good. So it's not an old habit that you're just falling into without any consideration. Mm-hmm. And all those things. Why make something good? I want to get abstract again. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. No, I just want to ask, do you, what do you mean by good? Do you mean like no, in no. general good? Or do you mean... When like you hear the word good, what does that mean to you? Oh, see, that's difficult. <laughs> here's, here's the answer. Here's the answer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I said so. Okay, if it's it's good if because all actions are uh, the beginningless time came from some cause. All because everything is a cause and a result, right? Anything that you do is a result of some previous cause as and is going to be the cause of some later result, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so if it was bookended by a cause that was good and it results in a result that's good, then it was good. So what makes an action good if it, and the answer is if it's a good action? Yeah, yeah. Huh? It sounds like it sounds like that's what you said. <laughs> what makes an action good is that if the action is good. Yeah. yeah. So that's <laughs> 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 Yeah. But there's something you said that's connected to that. Also, the, the, the result. The result is good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So what makes an action good is not really the action, it's the result of it. <laughs> <laughs> and you said that! <laughs> <laughs> Were you convinced? <laughs> Did you have conviction in your answer? Did you have conviction in your answer? I <laughs> <laughs> But you've all been saying that. You've all been saying that. Except, but except for me. <laughs> 
but the thing is, it's having conviction in that. That will propel you to act. So, proper motivation and correct outcome. Mm. <laughs> but the thing... What makes the motivation proper? <laughs> but the conviction is the important part, right? Because you could do something and then in your limited perception, you could get a result that seemed in all ways to be from what you just did uh-huh. that would seem profoundly negative. Yeah. And yeah. only your conviction could override the thought that something negative had come from something positive. Yeah. yeah. And last week you said, until we have conviction, we stay stuck, we weren't here. So yes, you, there's like this fork in the road, mm-hmm. and, and, and we stand there until we have conviction. And when we have conviction, then we move forward. And without without conviction, we just are apathetic yeah. and mm-hmm. depressed and all that other stuff, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. 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 So don't do anything. <laughs> so taking the example of the person who killed the person for their for their watch, for his for, for that person's watch, what makes it a good what makes that action killing that person and stealing the watch. Well, not, let's not put the stealing the watch because according to the person, is my goal is to get the watch. Right. Okay? That's, and if I get the watch, that would be good. Right. So that person kills the other person mm. and he gets the watch. And the person will have in his mind, I did a good thing. I killed the person. That's how now, that's why I have, now, that's why now I have the watch. Right. Now, if that person continues in his existence to, to feel good, then you can say that person did a good thing. If that was the case. If that person continues in his existence, not in, I say existence, if that person continues in that person's existence mm-hmm. and never experiences, if let's say that was the only action that person has ever, has ever, ever committed. Mm-hmm. Okay? We were talking about hypothetical here. If, if that was the only action that person ever committed, and it came to be that in that person's continuum, that person never e- experienced anything other than that good feeling that that person has at that moment, then that action was good. Okay? Now, if, if that was the only action that person committed, and after feeling good of taking the, the watch, and later on in that person's continuum, that person experiences something unwanted, something undesirable, the watch breaks and the person becomes oh, uh, no, depressed, stub their toe, stub their toe <laughs> uh, you know, run into a truck, <laughs> uh, have their toes stolen. <laughs> so then you can say, if that was the only action, then you could say, then, then that action of, the, of killing the person wasn't, was, was not good. So what determines whether an action is good or, or, or not good is the, the, in, the, the result of that specific action. If that result is something truly desirable or truly undesirable. Okay. If the direct result of killing that person was having my, now that, uh, okay, I've killed that person, now there's more food available, now my life will be extended, 
if killing that person was truly the direct cause of having this result, then that cause was good. And I'm throwing this out because that's where we are, whether we want to admit it or not. Okay? But if the real result of killing that person, and we can see it, like you were saying earlier, that it's going to shorten my life, and shorten, having a shortened life is not desirable, then killing is not, a good, is not a good act. So what determines the action is good or not is it brings about a result that is desirable. And by desirable, I'm not talking about you end up with a watch and the watch is what you wanted. Talk about the real result of that action, not the circumstantial things that are happening around it while you're doing it. Okay. But you kill the person, and then there's, okay, arbitrary, <laughs> there's, there's the potential of having killed that person, and then in the state in your mind, and other things are happening, and then it ripens. What it ripens into when you experience it as something desirable or not, that determines whether or not the action that, that left this potential was good or not. That's what determines it, good or not. Okay. Now, since we all want something that is desirable, then, we have, then what we, that's where it says you have to be good. And then that sounds so wishy-washy, you know, be good, be good, be good. Then sometimes we even get annoyed by saying when we hear be good, be good. So be skillful. Be skillful. Okay? This is what you want. What will really bring it? Okay? And we have to be convinced about the, the connection between the re results and, and their causes. We have to be convinced about those, those kinds of relationships. And, and this is something that is not, we could say, it's not rocket scientists. Okay? When you plant melon seeds, no matter how much you wish it for it to be apple, it doesn't give you apple. Okay, you're gonna get no. melons. <laughs> okay, so we have this already fundamental wisdom. So if the result is no good, then the cause must have been no good. Okay, it's, it's that simple. So if you're having if you're having an experience that is undesirable, then you are not skillful. Because nobody wants something undesirable. We all want something that is desirable. And we initiate an action. So if the, res if the result of that action is something desirable, then you are skillful. And if the result is something undesirable, then you are not skillful. Okay. And it's that simple. Question. Yes? Sometimes people will say, you know, they'll do that. And, and, and throw those questions around that same, that same scenario. 
if indeed that was the result, then it was good. Yeah, that's the thing. How do we know? <laughs> and we have an entire civilization that has mm. been built believing that mm. mm. Well, uh, the 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 real what's that lit lit uh, litmus. litmus test is look at your life, look at your condition. Is it mostly desirable or mostly undesirable? Since you're the one experiencing it, maybe you're you're connected with the causes. So look at your look look at your what is it that you your most habit? What what is the habit that you you? What, what is it that you have the habit of doing? Look at them, and see. Uh, maybe those things which I have the habit of doing are co- connected to this result that I have, which is either undesirable or desirable. If it is, then I should do more or more of it. If it is not, then I should stay away from it. That's where you begin to get to get to arrive at conviction of the relationship between results that you're experiencing and and the conviction that these results have their specific causes. Because we do believe that there are causes and there are results. But for the most part we think it's arbitrary. 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 Okay. We think it's no it's like uh, it's like uh, it's like random, it's like playing the lottery. The real cause of winning the lottery is getting the right ticket. And how do you get the right ticket? Look at your horoscope. <laughs> <laughs> Look at your horoscope, fortune, uh, fortune cookie. So we think of all those different causes because we think it's, it's, it's like it's by chance. Okay. What's the real cause of winning the lotto? Giving. That is because that's the only thing that is melon and melon. Hmm. Receiving must have come from giving. Yeah. Wow. You receive, so therefore you give. Hmm. It's not because uh, I don't know. What's the cause we think of winning the lottery? Luck. 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 <laughs> Living in this. Nobody who's like 19 ever went. It's always some old couple somewhere on some farm and they're like 70 years old. How come nobody who's like 22 ever went? Just me. Okay, so. so these these were the main causes, and and uh, the reason that we were uh, uh, spending a lot of time with it was because we are not yet convinced. That's why that's why I wanted to bring to your attention. We're not convinced that these are really the causes of our misery. We want we want another cause. It, maybe it's really my neighbor, <laughs> and just hire a guy. You know, you know, you you see in the, in the waterfront or something. <laughs> That will be the cause of getting rid of your misery. Okay, you got to know the right person <laughs> who can do right. <laughs> Along to the right club. <laughs> okay, and really, and uh, I guess I have to explain what I meant by common sense. Okay, 
I guess what, what uh, Lenin was referring to about the nature of reality. Okay. I mean, we don't know what, the, you know, I mean, that's something that we, we shoot for, right? To know the true nature of reality. But look at things uh, that we cannot deny, experience that we cannot deny, that we know make sense. Melons give melon. You can start from that. Okay? And expand from it. And then try and, and make and try, I, I should, um, if I say make, then you're going to feel like you have to go home and, and brainwash yourself that desire is the cause of suffering. Uh, trying to brainwash yourself that desire is the cause of suffering, you're not going to get anywhere. You have to bring yourself to the level of conviction. Take it. Okay, here's desire. What is the real result of, ha of holding on to desire? And you have to do some other thing, separating desire from, from its object of desire. Okay, you have to do some uh, uh, kind of like that. And then examine it. Okay. Last time I desired, what happened? And where am I now? Okay. You have to really look at that. And the, uh, when, we, when we hear desire, the thing that is thrown at, the, the desire that is thrown at you is lust. Okay. How many people are convinced that lust gives you pain? I'm not convinced. <laughs> Why? Because we are convinced otherwise because of, of, of associating things with lust. No, lust gives you pleasure. That's what it promises. And that's one of the experiences that we've had. So when you hear that desire is no good, it's going to give you pain, you cannot, you cannot buy that at face value. So you have to really look at it. Okay, does lust really give pleasure? The pleasure that I experience whenever, was it really, was it really that? Until you, have, until, you, until you bring yourself to that level of conviction. And you don't, you don't, you don't start it by saying, oh, lust is no good. Let me, let me prove it to myself that it's no good. No, let it prove itself to you that it's no good. It may be good. Maybe all those monks for all those 2,000 years, maybe they had it wrong. And, and you're going to be the one who discovered it, right? And you're going to free all those monks <laughs> who keep thinking that lust is no good. <laughs> free them from the depression. <laughs> You must, you must go at it with an open mind. Okay? This is the path to truth. So the truth must set you free. Not, not, not lies, not uh, imagination of what truth should be. Okay? If, really get you, uh, if it really is no good for you, then let it prove that it's no good for you. Okay. Alright, so we got to next week, maybe, we get to the third truth. <laughs> Two of cessation. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's uh, what time? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> what time is it? 11.25. 25. Woo! Okay, let's go. We have stayed here for too long. <laughs> well, I kept you here for too long. Want to make something good? <laughs> I said so. Uh, <laughs> Okay, uh, so the first thing and the second thing.
Before we say the idam, let's say the English. Here is the ground with its mouth mirror blown back by all continents, sunning, visualized as a Buddha field, and offer it to the red field, and all beings partake of the supremely pure Buddha field. Edam Guru Ratnamandalagandeyadayami. Now jump to By this, all beings perfect the accumulations of the American wisdom and achieve the two holy lives that arise from American wisdom. last thing I have to say, sorry. Uh, the thing about separating those two, the desire and the object of desire, because it is so difficult for us to do, the best thing to do is to stay away from both. That sounds like a big thing, right? Oh, yeah, to leave you off. You got it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why it, it just blanketly said, stay away from desire without, without qualifying it, because we can't really separate those two. Yes, there's good desire, there's bad desire, but we can't even make that proper discrimination yet. So the best thing to do is to stay away from, from it altogether. For certain kind of people. <laughs> certain kind of practitioners. For, for most other people is to try to have, uh, try to have that state of mind, in, try to have that in your mind. Okay? What it, is it is it is it is this the stupid desire or is this the 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 smart desire? Okay, Tr- have that question going in your mind before. Okay. All right. Thank you. What I meant by the both? The object of desire and the desire. And the feeling. Okay. That's what I meant by both. Okay.